0: Hey, this is Trey Kennard, and you're listening to the Inside Line podcast on Vital MX. Hey, this is
1: Guy B with Vital MX. Trey Kennard had plenty of highs during his race career, with wins as well as Supercross and outdoor titles. But he also scored more than his share of pain and injuries, and announced his retirement during the latter half of the 2017 outdoor season. While we're not likely to see him racing in the future, we we're happy to see that he's found a new way to enjoy riding. We've been chasing him for a podcast for a while, and recently caught up with him after a test day with the Honda team, where he was working on outdoor settings for Ken Roxon. Before we dive in, we've got to thank some brands that help support the show. The Inside Line is presented by Thor. Since 1968, Thor MX has been supporting some of the world's most elite racers, including the 2018 250 Pro Motocross Champion, Aaron Plessinger. Head to ThorMX.com to see the racewear that Aaron and the rest of the Star Racing Yamaha team trust day in and day out. We also have to thank Chaparral Motorsports, who have been helping riders outfit their dirt bikes with parts, accessories, and tires for more than 30 years. Today, Shapmoto offers professional advice, online and in-store, helping you find the best riding gear and equipment for all your power sports vehicles. Visit ChapMoto.com today. That's C-H-A-P-Moto.com. We also have to thank Max's Tires, who are proud to introduce the all-new Maxcross MX-ST, a premier motocross tire tested and developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath. Available now at your local dealer. All right, Trey, you just finished up a a day in the office. You've been busy testing with the Honda guys. What were you guys working on today?
0: Yeah, so it's, um, you know, we are all got our eyes focused on outdoors. So I've been putting quite a bit of time on the outdoor track, you know, just trying to work on actually Kenny's stuff today. You know, got two different suspension companies. So that's been interesting, but good. And, um, so that's what we're up to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask, do you test for one guy or the other or go for the universal setting or do you go back and forth?
0: Yeah. So it, with two different companies, it's, it's kind of tough, you know, cause it's, um, you know, you're, you're dealing with completely different components, completely different people. And, other teams that are on the same brand you kind of have a universal setting that you kind of work on and so we we don't have that at all which I think is is really good in some ways you know in some ways it's probably elevating both brands in a way you know like you're you're able to give them good constructive feedback each to each brand but also hurts us in some ways um you know being that you know we don't have two of the guys racing on the same things but um, but it's been fun for me. I've I've learned a lot, you know, dealing with two different brands and two different styles, and no, that's been fun for me. And I think has really helped me grow with with what I'm doing.
1: I know the team appreciates it that you can still get after it at a, a really high level.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's been fun. I think you have to ride up to that level to to really properly test. So I I enjoy it. You know, I I the cool part for me is you know I never I never try to ride it above my my skill level and that's been interesting you know there's been a couple days especially super cross where you know i just kind of go ah i don't know if i want to hit those whoops you know or or i roll out now you know i don't want to hit that quad or whatever and and that's been nice so but it is you still have to push the limit a little bit you know just because these guys are going really fast so you have to push it and uh but it's been fun i've been i've enjoyed it and you know, it's good to ride good equipment and have fun with it
1: I, I hear some days you're still the fastest guy out at the track.
0: <laughs> no, I mean that's that's uh, I, I you know speed was never the problem, right? <laughs> like I, I always was able to to be one of the fastest guys, um, even in my last year. And you know mentally, it just got tough for me to to line up and, and just believe things were going to be okay. And and I kind of lost that edge. You know, there, I think you have to you have to be willing to kind of accept defeat or accept you know anything that can happen and you know i, I kind of lost that you know i, I really didn't want to push myself in those circumstances anymore and so it's one thing to go fast on a on a practice or a test day but a whole another thing to go go race do you ride both the team bikes and production bikes i've only done one production test so far but pretty much all all uh all race stuff so i hope to do more production stuff though it's I think, um, you know, that's probably the biggest difference maker. Um, so I'd, I hope to be involved with HRA and, and the American side of that and, and hopefully even the, the Japanese side because um, I think there's a lot of experience that the race team can bring over to production side and and hopefully we can get both, both teams really working together because I think there's a, a lot of knowledge that could be really beneficial to everyone.
1: Mm-hmm. You have to approach each bike, differently you know full race bike versus the production stuff
0: yeah for sure um what, what was cool for me i've had a uh, a couple experiences there's a there's a group of guys um at kyb that that actually kind of ride the stuff that we come up with um for cole bill Orr, and, and ricky gilmore and and john Yamada, and and I was talking to Bill today. Actually, I said, "Hey, what do you think of that last sitting that that uh, I came up with?" And he's like, "Man, I really liked it." And you know, you know, Bill's a, a vet rider and and way heavier than me, way taller than me, and so it's it's kind of cool because there there is there is something that translate. Like if it's if it's good, it's going to be good for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There's obviously different variables with you know speed and you know obviously you need more control the faster you're going but I think if you have a good base bike it's going to be good for just about anyone so it's been it's been interesting uh, actually the, the the production test that I did it was kind of cool cuz you know I had some comments and then you know they had a, a vet kind of style rider there who had kind of similar comments were saying the same thing but a little bit differently so I think I guess I'd say it is difficult because there is there is differences in speed and, and that kind of thing, but I think at the end of the day, if it's a good motorcycle, it's going to be pretty good for everyone. Do you still
1: train like you would if you were racing, or have you backed it down?
0: Yeah, I've backed it down a lot. I would say I exercise now, you know, before. Just having a training plan is like work, you know, because you've got you've to understand what your body's doing and what you've done, and it's a constant battle of knowing... You know, how much to do, how much you've done, and, and what to do and what not to do. So now I don't really, I'm not too concerned with doing too much or doing too little. I just kind of do what I can and, and more than anything, just try to enjoy it because it is fun. It's a, you know, some guys hate training. I, I kind of enjoyed it. It was, it was, I think it makes my life better. So mm-hmm. I, I would, I think I would be a less happy person if I didn't exercise. So I try to look at it more the exercise standpoint. And I try to stay, fit enough to do what I'm doing so but it's different yeah
1: well three days in a row of testing out here I know that has to beat up on you a little bit
0: yeah I'm pretty wrecked (laughs) (laughs) at last test I was like man I don't know if I can do this but but yeah so I just try to do enough to not get to day three of a test and you know do anything crazy so but as far as you know at, at the highest level you're splitting hairs you know you're you're thinking about you know one motor or not one moto or one bike ride or not one bike ride and and now I just I don't really care I just kind of do do whatever I feel like that day
1: how is it riding now what what's the difference do you enjoy it more
0: yeah I've had a lot of fun honestly when I retired I was in a I was in a pretty tough spot you know I'd had so many injuries and just weird stuff too you know I had some bike malfunctions there at the end that kind of spooked me and just kind of took the fun out of it you know i i I was good at coming back but it takes a massive toll on you and and i you know you start to lose the belief at some point and it's really hard to keep picking yourself up and so i I really got burnt out at that you know and i just couldn't continue to bring myself to to do things uh, like i needed to do and and um you know the, the last kind of concussion i had was not good you know i was i was having some pretty odd symptoms for a while and so i took probably i didn't ride for probably eight months or so and didn't really want to ride either and then i rode the first day and i was like wow man this is this is what i this is what i would missed you know this is Mm -hmm. what i enjoyed because i was really having fun and you know this allows me to yeah it's some days hard to, to test and do that but this allows me to to really just enjoy riding and you know, I don't test every week, so um, I still just have fun. And it's nice just to go to the track and see the guys and um, be in this community. I think that's one part that I really missed last year. You build up this community of people and friends that um, you really grow to love and appreciate. And then you don't really do that at home. And so, you know, I go back to Oklahoma and don't really have, you know, that that people so Mm -hmm. it's been cool to be back in this community Uh, i've really enjoyed that. It's half the fun for me so
1: yeah racing community is pretty tight yeah yeah yeah. i understand what you mean about coming back from you know you work through all the rehab you get back up to speed you know i it's not even on the same level but back in my bmx racing days uh, i went through a string of like seven collarbones in a row You know, you just get back to speed, think you're doing good, and then break it again. It's like, not again. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's difficult. I mean, and we all go through it, right? I mean, everyone, with the exception of a few guys, have have gotten hurt. You know, this is it's a difficult sport, and so it's. I'm not the exception. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have gotten hurt. I know I kind of had a reputation of that, but if you if you really look at the facts, I mean, I'm not the exception.
1: it's just a tough sport. It's just a tough sport, <laughs> yeah. and,
0: and, and emotionally, it, it just gets very difficult, and I think for me, too, so many people came up to me and said things like, oh, you're the guy that always gets hurt, or, you know, "You're," I just want to see you make it through a season, or things like that, and it wears on you, you know, it really does, like, you're in an autograph line, and, you know, people are like, I was at Dodger Stadium when you got landed on, and I'm like, man, I gotta go race tonight, you know, right. <laughs> so i really struggle with that mentally i think really from the time i broke my back kind of through the rest of my career was was i was fighting that
1: i got to a certain point now and, and i don't know if you relate to this or not i couldn't visualize a race without crashing. no
0: yeah for sure i mean it's it's like i don't know if it's a trauma response or not but your 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 brain just goes there you know you you're sitting on the gate and you're thinking, man, I could crash there. I could crash there. I could, you know, this could <laughs> you're thinking happen of the places where it could happen. And, yeah. and it's like, it takes you so far out of your, your focus that it's, it's like, it's more dangerous. I, I remember lining up at red by my last race at red bud and just thinking, I'm probably going to crash on the first turn. And it's like, or I'm going to crash there or I'm going to crash there. And, and I like, I was so unfocused that I like wasn't even present while I was racing. And, i kind of knew then i I had a big crash and had a concussion that next monday but i kind of knew then like i need i need to be done like i i can't this is not safe for me to be out here and be thinking this way
1: Mm -hmm. and we hear you had an opportunity to to come back to racing this year and, and i was talking with the team manager that was pretty sure he was gonna be able to get you to sign up for it
0: yeah yeah and i got asked and i'm riding well i mean i i I think I'm riding pretty good actually, you know. I I'm having probably more fun than I've ever had and and you know, my times are not bad. But to do this sport, like you got to be so committed emotionally and mentally and and I'm just I know I can ride well, but I'm not convinced that I could line up on the gate and not have those thoughts, you know. Um, and and you have to be willing to have the crashes and and have the things and maybe you're able to block that out a little bit more at some level but i think you have to be willing to go through those things and i'm just not anymore i'm just i'm content you know had a great career you know i'm i'm happily married and i don't know i just i think there's i'm i'm content in life and i don't need to go try to win races i would i would love it you know i'd love to go win the 450 supercross championship that's something i never did but um, I just, I don't have that fight. And to me, I mean, to quote Ayrton Senna, he says, you know, motor racing is something you either do really well or you don't do it at all. And I kind of feel the same way. And I, I could maybe go out there and get an eighth or a tenth right now if I'm not mentally there. Maybe I could even win if I kind of found the ability to move past that. But
1: Or right situation. Or yeah, whatever, yeah. What,
0: whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. But I'm just... I, i'm i'm with Ayrton. you know you, you either do it well or you, you don't do it at all
1: mm-hmm. so no more racing any kind do you, do you ever think about cars or anything else
0: I, I mean there's for sure days where i i think about racing again i know it kind of goes against what i just said but right. um but i think man i i'm having fun i feel pretty good my fitness really isn't that bad i you know I learned a lot testing and and that kind of thing but then i see crashes at the races and just think man I just don't want to I don't want to I don't want to do that I'm not willing to do that anymore you know and, and I think you kind of you kind of got to be it to a sense you know not that we're you know you want to put yourself in bad situations but I think you just got to be in a, in a in a mindset to to kind of go like I, j- I want to do this and there's there's really no and ifs or buts about it and I'm just not really there yeah but as far as other racing, I don't know. I've, I tried cycle cross a couple of times, and I just got completely worked <laughs> <laughs> by, like, a 12-year-old. So, um, yeah, my buddy, my buddy Chris Drummond at home, and uh, his son, like, just, like, lapped me. So I was like, man, I think I missed the cycling curve. <laughs> yeah, well, it's such a different dis- discipline. Yeah, so. yeah.
1: How long did you wrestle with that decision to retire?
0: Honestly, I was wrestling with it in 2013. I came back from my back and... I was scared out of my wit today one. Like I was just, I mean, talk about the psychology of it. I mean, there was triggers all over the place and, you know, I was just thinking I'm going to get landed on again, you know? And I thought that would go away as the more races that I did in that season. Like I could maybe move past it, but it kind of just got worse and escalated. And I think it was around Daytona. I remember sitting after Daytona, I got like a sixth or something. I was kind of struggling really struggling emotionally and I was kind of sitting there with Timmy and I was like in my hotel room with Tim Ferry and I was like man if I can't get past this like I need to be done and um, thankfully I had good people around me that helped me see that, it, that there was some possibilities and I'm super glad that I kept on because um, I was able to win more races and and you know come closer to a championship than I'd ever gotten so um I'm super happy that I pushed forward. Um and it and it kinda came and went at times. You know, like sometimes I didn't even think about it at all. Like I was I was like I was really comfortable and happy and, and things like that. But, you know I think it Detroit when I crashed with Weimar and and I was in second and I was still within range of the championship in twenty fifteen, I was just super like discouraged then and so it kind of came and went and kind of ebbed and flowed and and was kind of always there a little bit and I was really trying to push past it and it was it was a tough pressure and something I didn't really want to talk about you know because it's like you just don't want to even go there you know so yeah I don't know if that answers the question well but
1: well, I get not wanting to talk about it. People might get the wrong impression, yeah, or, yeah. or, or like that. So,
0: yeah, and, and emotionally, you you don't want to. You just don't even want to go there, right? Like, right. you want you don't want to be lining up on the gate, thinking, you know, maybe I should retire. <laughs> you know, you want to think, be thinking, okay, I got to do this and do that, and yeah, it was, it was it was tough, but I'm 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 really happy that I pushed through it for the years that I did because I think had I. Stopped in 2013, I, I would have had a lot of uh, regrets.
1: I think one of the coolest things for me was when you decided to pull the plug and, and it was in the middle of a season. All the people that came out for when you did the speech, I mean, seeing them all there was really cool, but I know that had to be a hard day. Yeah. But, but at the same time, it you had to be kind of pumped that Honda guys and KTM guys and everybody else are, are all showing up to kind of pay their respects on it.
0: Yeah, I was. I was, I think th- one of the coolest things, I was so honored that, that KTM did that for me, you know, because we had a horrible year. I mean, I, I tore my shoulder up the first race of the year and I never really came back from that and broke my collarbone midway through the Supercross season and then did two outdoor races and then that happened. And so to have their them come in and do something like that, I was, I was pretty blown away and, and super grateful to to roger and to ian and um you know stephanie nutt who kind of orchestrated it all and um and then you know if they have them say you know hey we were only a small part of your career let's invite the the honda crew it, it was cool i mean it, i like i look back at it and i think man that that's a that's something that i can look back on and just be really grateful for it was a really cool day for me really tough but i had a lot of support and it was it was really cool
1: I can't imagine getting up, you know, I'm not much of a public speaker, but I can't imagine getting up in front of a, a group like that and, and talking about the career and everything else.
0: Yeah, it was tough. I mean, emo- I think I broke down a couple times, um, which I didn't think I would, but it hit me pretty hard. But, uh, yeah, it was it was tough. But I, I'm super grateful for it. It was cool. I think it was cool to be able to – there's a lot of people that end their careers and, and you they don't get the – speak their piece you know and so it was kind of cool to cap it off that way you know
1: but I can can get what or totally get why it would be emotional for you you know it's been the dream for such a big part of your life
0: yeah yeah and it one of the things that's been so difficult in retirement for me especially in the first year is you know you basically you know people have 20 30 year careers right it's basically what we do I was contracted at nine years old to to race. I was twenty six, almost twenty seven, when I retired. So eighteen year career basically, and so it's scary. It, it, you're thinking, man, this is all that I've done, and it's all that I'm really known for. So it's really scary. It's like you lose kind of your identity, and it's just kind of like, what's next, you know? So it it's it's very tough. And I, I've talked to I've talked to Shorty, I've talked to Dungey, I've talked to Stanton, I've talked to Wyndham everyone that i've talked to has gone through kind of an identity crisis and i think it gets kind of unseen you know mm-hmm. but uh it's tough
1: well, i i think Wyndham a few races after he retired was going you know there's sort of almost like a honeymoon period where, yeah you know you, you quickly forget some of the bad stuff yeah and start wondering you know did i pull the plug too early you know yeah. I, I think ryan might have gone through some of the kind of some of the same thing too
0: yeah i, I talked to jake Venata about this and he's kind of dealt with some of the nfl actually has a, a organization that deals with their newly retired athletes and he was like there's two um kind of two schools of thought and one is i still got it right like i retired i still got it. i should i sh- still got this i can go you know i go out there today and win and then there's the other guys that are like, there's still more to prove. And I was, I think I was kind of in the still more to prove kind of mindset. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, it, the first two weeks is awesome. People always ask me, what's it like to be retired? And I'm like, man, the first two weeks was like sweet. I like slept in, ate whatever I wanted, enjoyed life. And then it was like, what do I do now? All right, what's next? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Throughout your career, all the things you accomplished, what are the thing, or what's the thing that you're most proud of?
0: I think there's a couple. There's a couple moments that I'm proud of. I think the. To me, Anaheim won 2013 when it came back and almost won. Like that was probably almost like a highlight for me.
1: I think you and Davey battling. That. Yeah, yeah,
0: like because, I don't, you know, I don't want to, you know, cry or whatever. But I, I don't think people truly understand how emotionally difficult that is. And to see like what Kenny's done and Cole and it's it's tough, man. It's so so tough. And so to come back and almost win the race was like amazing. And then I think you know the first my first Supercross like that was just a really cool moment. Um, you know, not many rookies come out and win their first race, and so that was that was really cool for me. But I think um, I don't know. I I, I think when people come to me and they they say good things about just my character i think that's really cool for me you know because you know racing going to come and go but to know i've i've made an impact on some people even if it's just a handful of people and they saw something more than a racer i think that's that's pretty cool for me to to see
1: yeah winning races you know i don't want to say that's the easy part because we all know it's not the easy part but I guess being a good human being too
0: yeah so and i'm not saying i'm the best person I've obviously made a lot of mistakes in my life but um it's cool it's just it's cool to because i really tried to be you know and it's cool to have people talk about your character and and, and acknowledge that so um yeah I'm, I'm grateful for when when i when people encourage me that way do you ever work with any riders now I'm around a lot of guys, you know, around Kenny, around Cole, but around the crew in Oklahoma. Uh, I've helped Bogle a little bit, ride with him, uh, rode with Fortner quite a bit this off-season, uh, rode with Benny Bloss quite a bit, and then there's kind of a whole crew at in um, in Oklahoma. Um, so I just go to Robbie's or go to my old place and, and just, if I can add tidbits here and there, then I then I do. So... Um, so it's been fun. It's cool. It's cool when you can add something and then you, you see people kind of like get it, you know, and that's, that's been pretty fun. Make a
1: difference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like maybe it was like a, a 10th, but Hey, that's cool.
1: Hey, pick up a 10th here, a 10th there. It starts adding up. Yeah. Yeah. I know you were looking to help out, you know, with Feld and, and some of the, I don't know if it was a rider association, what you guys were working on at the time where's that at now and and what's the future look like
0: yeah it's um it's tough it's very tough i it's pretty pretty flat right now there's really no no headway as as to moving forward i still have the framework though and i still i still believe at the right time with the right people involved it could really it could it could take off but I think the thing that that hand-strung it the most was that our community has to ask for these things, and they have to come together on it. And what I mean by our community is the teams, the manufacturers, and the riders. Um, And to get all the teams, all the riders, and all the manufacturers on the same page with anything is difficult. But until that time, I don't think there's really there until there's a a voice one voice saying the same thing that i don't think anything's really gonna change i think feld was was decently receptive to it i think they they were nervous about it they didn't really know what my intentions were i don't think um but i i have a little bit of a relationship with them now and you know i i was able to you know we, we had a call with myself and Ryan Dungey and Nick Way and Tim Ferry and Dirtworks before the season started and we went through each map and we, you know, we told them what we thought and so there's things like that that I think we can add but I still think there's a lot more that needs to be done and, and there's a lot more that needs to be um, considered but I don't think you know, Feld or MX Sports or, or really anyone's going to look at anything like this legitimately until the community says hey we need this and I wasn't able to to gain that type of support you'd almost have
1: to be kind of a consensus builder between those groups wouldn't you
0: for sure yeah I mean you you would my whole the way that I kind of try to build is is that hey this is an advocacy you know I I want to speak between the riders and the promoters and whoever else is is the AMA or whoever that is and be the bridge of communication because there it seems that there is a lapse, you know, especially when you think about, um, you know, track and and those types of things, and track safety. And I don't think it's it's not malicious by any any intent. Like like no one is trying to hurt anyone. Like at the end of the day, why would Feld or MX Sports or anyone try to hurt riders? I mean, those that's their show. Right. But I think there's a breakdown of communication that happens. That's. I think it's one because everyone's busy and I think maybe there's just not enough people that can, can be there to do that. And that was kind of my whole goal is, Hey, I want to be, I want to be the guy that says that goes to the riders or the teams and say, Hey, what, what do you think needs done or, or how can we help? And I don't think there's, there are people that are partially doing that, but I think there needs to be more, more involvement in, in having someone in that role um, and that was my whole goal—to be—to be an advocate and, and to to break down the barriers of communication, so that we can all be pulling in the same direction. Because um, I think what happens is, you know, the the races I did work last year, I saw what the Dirt Works guys go through. I saw what Feld's doing. I I, I saw that there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of reasons for sometimes that the thing way things are and maybe the riders don't see that. And so my hope would be to go, Hey, you know, maybe this jump is like that, but let me tell you why. And I think what happens is, you know, maybe the riders walk the track or ride the track and something's not perfectly. They want it done and they can get heated and, and, you know, start yelling at people. And, and then, you know, that becomes adversarial. Yeah, at that and, point. and then the guy that just spent 80 hours in a bulldozer in three days is, is going like, come on guy. Like, <laughs> And so I really wanted to help in that situation, and and, and I think that it still needs to be addressed. Um, and I think there's still things that could be helpful as far as safety is concerned. Um, but until the community is really asking for it, I don't really see um, that type of thing happening. I mean, the promoters are doing their best, and they're doing a, a pretty good job. But I think this this is a role that needs to be filled, and I don't think it will be filled until the community says, "Hey, we need this." Demanded. Yeah. Yep.
1: If you were king of the sport, what would you change to make things safer? Are are
0: we doing enough? I think things are improving. Honestly, I I really do. I think um, to me, the tracks have been better this year. Um, I know the the whoops have been a little bit easier, um, and maybe that's you know kind of been you know maybe not the best for some people or, or that kind of thing but seems like the, the to me the tracks have been a little bit better hopefully the the feedback that we were able to get was was helpful to that and i think you know i think the dirt work crew has been receptive to that but i think um i think what i would would do and i by no means have the answers i mean that was part of my my mission is that like hey i don't know all the answers but but no one's really investigating this let me help let yeah. me help you know <laughs> let me be the guy that that tries to find the answers and so i think that's what's missing you know is is a group of people that's really invested in in and trying to find solutions to problems that guys have and so i think it's more of a structural problem i don't think it's it's like a i don't think it's a you know Make this jump this way every time, and it's going to fix everything. I think it's it's more of a it's more about communication. It's more about kind of structure and, and getting the riders more involved in that process is I think would be would be huge.
1: You know, I've, I've questioned people a few times. Are four fifties too big for what we're doing these days? I mean, but the, but then you look at the two fifties, and they're almost the same times a
0: lot of the, a lot yeah. of the weekends. I I honestly do. I mean when i was racing full-time i didn't i'd spent some time off and then i rode a 450 again and i was like wow but i mean that's a billion dollar problem um but i mean they they are so fast i mean it's crazy i mean when when we look at our throttle tracings we like rarely make it to full throttle and the racing is is still good and the bikes are still plenty fast on 250s um so I guess the simple answer is I, I believe that they are too fast. But the two fifties are almost as fast now,
1: but they're more, even more expensive to, to build than the four fifties.
0: Yeah, um, and I think there's a reason for that too. I mean, they they always have a fresh, pretty much have a fresh, more fresh of a track. Um, the races are shorter, um, so I think there's there's answers to that. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, like. I don't think many people were complaining about 125s not being fast enough, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't in that era. Well, um, a lot of them used to struggle to make the triple. Yeah. You know, especially if it was right out of a corner. But if that's the norm, is it a problem? Yeah. You know, so I, I don't. It is if you huck it and don't make. <laughs> <laughs> but if if I think if if the normal is is just brought down, I think it'd be okay because I think the 250s are plenty good, maybe a 300 or a 350. But I. I don't know the answer to the problem, but I, I do think that 450s are a little too fast.
1: They're, they're a beast, that's
0: for sure. Yeah, they're they're gnarly. I think the thing is, is that you can make a lot of mistakes and still hit the obstacles on a 450. You know, like you can you can mess up in a turn, have your foot off the peg, and still hit a triple. Where, you know, maybe on a 250, that's a little less, but you know if bikes are slower you make the you make the mistakes you're not going to hit the hit the obstacles where now it's like you know you can have one hand on the handlebar and still hit something just cuz the bikes are so fast so <laughs> yeah i don't know it's is probably a <laughs> i'm sure it's a discussion for the ages but but i, I personally think the bikes could be slower
1: and i don't want to get you in trouble for it either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no i mean I, I think it's it's uh it's a conversation that needs to be had you know uh, i think we, sh- we should consider that but
1: well I've, I've looked at a bunch of different racing series drag racing they they restrict speed through gear changes of course they creep back up and find new ways to go faster um you know other series it might be a well uh, you know plate racing and nascar um and they find res- ways to restrict the speed when uh, they start getting too fast and and kind of reel it back a little bit.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know because they there're always these teams are so good about finding in the advantage, you know, that that um I don't know that you'll ever really limit these things. And there's there's a certain amount of creativity there that kind of need to make things fun and interesting and so I I think if the man, manufacturers got together and said, "Hey, let's just make a smaller placement." Kind of like what happened with the 500, you know. Like, hey, this thing's a beast. Maybe we should consider making well, a Yeah, it went bike. back to 250, yeah, two strokes yeah. is
1: the, you know, kind of premier class. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, I, I mean, I wasn't there for that. So, <laughs> I don't know yeah. that I could speak on it too much. But, um, like I said, with, you know, track safety stuff, I don't know that I have the answers. But I do think that the discussion could happen in a proper constructive way and you'd like to be part of the conversation i would like to be the con- yeah i think i think i think part of what i what i saw with racing standard and what i was trying to do too is that there's so much brain trust in the sport that that goes missing you know like how are our riders not back involved with with the ama or um or track safety or there's, there's so many guys that have so much to offer that our sport just kind of dumps out the other side and, and sitting idle at home yeah or sitting there with twiddling their thumbs with nothing to do and, and so i think like my, part of my mission was like let's let's create an advisory team of guys like the people i called were like david bailey and jeremy mcgrath and um timmy ferry and nick way and
1: kevin it, would be a good kevin one, i called kevin Wyndham.
0: Yeah. He, he told me i was crazy and that i yeah. shouldn't do this but but yeah, there's so much wisdom there that is just like sitting idle, you know. Um, and I I think if we got the the best minds in the sport of the guys that have been there and that have done it, I think we could, you know, not saying there's even that that giant of an issue. I just think it could be better.
1: I love him, but let's not put Travis Pastrana on
0: that list. <laughs> oh man, we just send him out for opening ceremonies or yeah. something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you're trying to catch an early flight out of here and get get home a day early. And, and I'm glad I'm not the guy sitting next to you on the plane, but I sure appreciate the time here.
0: <laughs> I got my suitcase in Starbucks. I'm getting ready to just go splash some water on myself. <laughs> Hopefully it'll make it a little bit better. Well, thanks again, Trey. Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Hey, we hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Trey's a solid human, and it was great to catch up with him. Hey, want more from Trey? Check out his website at treykennard.org. Before we head out, we have to thank our sponsors. The Inside Line is presented by Thor. Remember, for over 50 years, Thor MX has been at the forefront of motocross racewear innovation with products that are purpose-built to help riders perform at the highest level in one of the most demanding sports in the world. The 2019 collection, featuring the revolutionary Prime Pro racewear, is available now. Head to ThorMX.com to learn more. We also have to thank Chaparral Motorsports. For more than 30 years, Chaparral Motorsports has been sharing its love of dirt bikes with like-minded individuals by offering a massive selection of the latest riding gear, new models, parts and accessories, and great pricing on tires. Visit chapmoto.com. Also, Max's Tires is proud to introduce the all-new Maxcross MXST, a premier motocross tire tested and developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath. Available now at your local dealer. Ready for some more bend racing? Look for the next Inside Line soon. In the meantime, you can subscribe to the show via your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any future episodes. You can also go back and listen to previous shows. If you're feeling really generous, leaving us a rating and review always helps. Thanks!